Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Three Men Yelling at Clouds, or as we like to call it, Tunes and Tumblr Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Be sure to give both Atwood and Tunes and Tumblrs a like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get stuck in hour-long social media spirals. I'm your host, Anthony, and back when you could be in your friends' houses without risking certain death, this was a show where we could share a drink with artists while discussing their music. Quarantine smashed that with a hammer, though, but today we're going to try to bring back a little of that magic. UK artist Megan Lara May will be joining us live on the show from halfway around the world to discuss her new track, Head First, and give us a stripped-down performance of it for your listening pleasure. So stick around to the second half of the show to hear that. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I invited my friends from the great before four times to sit down with me and pretend we're in the same room. And they are... Brian, your music connoisseur. And Pedro, your mixologist. For those listeners wondering where we've been for the past couple of weeks, we were on our monthly mental health break full of rest, relaxation, and if you're like me, a mountain of grad school reading. Ryan, Pedro, how did you two spend your time off? Mm, I'm going to direct you to the Jen Aiko song, None of Your Concern. And I'm going to also <laughs> direct you to uh, Salt and Peppa, None of Your Business. And uh, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Well, excuse me. <laughs> he speaks for both of us. No, I'm kidding. This has been uh, the Codger Collective, the three men yelling at clouds. Uh, Codger Concern. Well, that sounds like fun, but I think it's time for us (laughs) to get back to work. Let's see what's been piling up on the news desk since we've been away. As we approach the end of election season, many people seem to have forgotten our favorite third-party candidate. That's right, presidential hopeful Kanye West is back in the news with a new song talking all about his bid for the nation's higher office and his notorious label disputes, among other things. West originally shared the track titled Na 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 on Twitter last week, but has now made the full version available on all streaming platforms. He starts by rapping, Next time you text, can't it wait? You are talking to a presidential candidate. I know you think Obi-Wan getting tired now. Don't jump, Anakin. I got the higher ground. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, oh, elsewhere, my. elsewhere on Na Na Na. Jacob uh, Moskowitz, 13, at uh, Bishop <laughs> Alamany High. <laughs> yes, for all of you who don't know, um, there was a Star Wars movie in 2005 that he is referencing. Uh, but elsewhere on Na Na Na, Kanye talks about his recent issues with the way in which his record label has been handling his contract and master recordings. He raps... If I put myself in harm's way to get my own masters, they'll put they self in harm's way to stay the master. They'll put they selves in harm's way because they ain't asking. They'll put they self in harm's way. The slaves are massive. He officially announced his intention to run for president back in July, but his bid was thrown into doubt after officials in Illinois announced plans to review the validity of signatures submitted in the state. However, it seems like Wes' bid might be back on after releasing a new campaign ad through social media on Monday nights. That was October 12th. So last Monday, not the the Monday that came yesterday. Uh, Meanwhile, 
Kanye West has reached out to Joe Rogan to ask if he could appear as a guest on his popular Spotify podcast. And if he wanted to add a little more clout to his campaign, though, he could have always reached out to the world-famous music podcast, Tunes and Tumblers. You hear that, Kanye? <laughs> this is your official invitation to come onto the show. Everything about that story made me so tired. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for scooping the poop, Anthony. <laughs> I really needed that one. Just scoop. Uh, this comes from Corey Grow via Rolling Stone. So our favorite friends, Ozzy, Sharon, Kelly, and Jack Osborne navigate darkened hallways in search of hunts in the trailer for the upcoming two-hour TV special, The Osbournes, Night of Terror. The family filmed the special at the supposedly haunted Heritage Square Museum in Los Angeles. Jack and Kelly do most of the exploration while their parents monitor their actions from a base camp. (laughs) Most families go pumpkin picking around Halloween. The Osbournes, we go ghost hunting, Jack said in a statement. (laughs) In a statement. (laughs) having a press conference my family has always been intrigued by my work in the paranormal so i thought it was time for them to experience it themselves heritage square is a very haunted location that not many people outside of la know about everyone is in for a real treat expect crazy paranormal activity creepy encounters especially with kelly classic osborne humor and naturally a few guest appearances from the dogs in many of the scenes kelly runs around in terror when jack asks the family if they're ready for the experience ozzy says fuck no the two-hour special will air on the Travel Channel at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard on October 30th, the day before Halloween. Crazy. Hey, but that's how it goes. All right. I have one. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, so as you guys know, it's October, which means the holidays are in full swing. And Universal uh, Music Enterprises has begun sharing cartoon visuals for some Christmas classics that we all already know and love. It's been over 60 years since the release of Chuck Berry's Run Rudolph Run, and at long last, we have an official music video. Um, In recent years, UME has been releasing seasonal music videos for uh, several holiday classics, including songs by Brenda Lee, Bobby Helms, The Jackson 5, and this year, they've chosen to go with Chuck Berry and Ella Fitzgerald with her rendition of Frosty the Snowman. The videos are animated, having been created by Fantoons Animation Studios, and they take on sort of the aesthetic of, like, graphic novels. I looked at them on YouTube, and they're really fun. They're pretty cool looking. It's it's some cute shit, some good feel-good shit. Both estates seem to be thrilled to partner with you and me on these projects, and hopefully we'll see some more classics in the future. So, yeah. Put your Santa hats on, everybody. Oh, it's not even Halloween yet. You're right, because it's Christmas, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for weighing in, guys. The world certainly doesn't stop turning just because we need a break. But I think it's time we gave our listeners what they came for. Uh, Ryan, what's on the eight-disc CD changer today? We are listening to Together, a brand new song from rising singer-songwriter Biba Doobie. The song is a bedroom grunge slacker stomper from our highly anticipated LP, Fake It Flowers which just dropped on Dirty Hit last Friday. So yeah, nice. get your eight CD changers ready. <laughs> get ready to switch out your Elastica uh, <laughs> your hole with this one. A little side note here. I've been trying to get us to talk about Biba Doobie for a long time. Um, she's been a favorite of mine since uh, her single She Plays Bass last year. And I, I absolutely love what she's doing. This throwback to female alt rockers of the 90s, like The Breeders, Hole, mm-hmm. Liz Fair. But at the same time, it doesn't feel dated or derivative. I mean, at least that's my opinion. But we'll get into that more in a minute. Uh, first, we need a pairing. Pedro, what you got for us? Uh, Biba Doobie is from the UK, 
but she is of Filipino heritage, and I really wanted to celebrate that with this shot, so I wanted to use some more traditionally Filipino flavors. So one shot uh, will be using rum with ube puree. I actually used I actually used ube ice cream. Either way works. Um, and pineapple. It's really delicious and it looks really pretty and purple. The second shot is also rum with coconut milk and some calamansi, which is uh, sort of a citrus kumquat hybrid that is used a lot in uh, like Filipino cuisine. Um, you can also just use lime if you can't find that. Um, but uh, if you want to be a little extra, go for the go for the calamansi. And so these two shots are separate, and they're really delicious. Um, they're really good on their own, but they are mm, better together. So you're mm. going to pour them into a single uh, glass and chug them together. So it's a little bit it's a little bit extra as far as the amount of alcohol you're drinking, but it is so good and truly like they're they're good on their own, but together the flavor is just explosive. So we're calling this shot a better together. Better together. I love it. Let's knock these back and get into it. Cheers, gents. Cheers. Cheers. This is maybe some of uh, Pedro's best work, I can attest. Yeah, yeah, we tried it um, this morning, and holy shit, it was really, really good. Rub it in. <laughs> I mean, I know we're trying to create the illusion that we are all uh, together, but we are, we are not. Um, I, <laughs> the Ryan and Pedro live together out in uh, what Sierra Madre is that? <laughs> <we're>... <laughs> yep. Mm. listeners uh this is just one of many many easter eggs that we've dropped over the years uh of where exactly pedro and ryan live let's see if you (laughs) can piece them all together uh with your little tunes and tumblers decoder ring that you (laughs) can bust out your yarn and thumbtacks (laughs) y'all if you really if you really really want to know if you're stumped i will direct you once again to the work of en vogue as mentioned at the top of this broadcast (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about together. So I want to start with a quote by Biba Doobie herself about this song. She said that it is about the dependency you have with someone and missing that when you're away and learning to be by yourself. It's written from the point when you're feeling alone and thinking everything is better when you're with that other person. And I think that that is extremely appropriate seven and a half months into quarantine <laughs> uh what what do you all feel like um so do you think that lockdown kind of necessitates like this sort of teen angst and like longing um or like if not what kind of emotions have come up for you repeatedly this deep into quarantine i don't know how you couldn't have a sense of longing throughout all of this <laughs> so yes the answer is yes i think it definitely does. Yeah. Which is why this song worked so well. Yeah, definitely. I was reading about the record in general, Fake It Flowers, and apparently she wrote this song while she was locked down at her parents' house in London. And she said that her childhood bedroom always makes her want to write something. And I, I don't know if I can necessarily uh, relate to that. Whenever I'm in my childhood bedroom, I just get like this intense longing to be out of my childhood bedroom <laughs> makes you want to write a suicide note <laughs> oh my god <laughs> let's see if dirty hit records will pick up my suicide note you know what <laughs> <laughs> i went i wonder we if like cracking on that 
I wonder if there's anything more to that whole like childhood bedroom thing. Cause in, I mean, did, our guest talker sort of mentioned something similar, right? Like she, she sort of gets inspired when she's back home. She like mm-hmm. wrote a song when she was back home in her yeah, room. Yeah, that's right. I guess shout creative people. Yeah. Shout Go out to the archives and find we that talker you. interview. Yeah, yeah. That's for day ones. That is for day ones. She was our first musical guest. Bam. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hope she's doing okay. <laughs> uh, she's actually recently been posting like things on her uh, Instagram about like what tour life was like and what her life's like now. And it's like hilarious, but also really sad. So <laughs> go longing. check that out. <laughs> yes, longing. And you know, Biba Doobie is very, very early in her career. She only got signed by Dirty Hit Records two years ago. So April 2018. And she did her first tour last fall when she opened for Claro. And then she jumped on the 1975's tour in, I think that was like late 2019, maybe early 2020. And they were supposed to come to the U.S. And then, of course, COVID happened. So, like, we're, we're dealing with, like, kind of a, um, a case of arrested development. And I don't know. I, I think, like... This is kind of an example of an artist pushing through despite all of this hardship. I mean, most of this record was written in quarantine. What, what do you guys make of like how artists are adjusting to this? From what I've seen on like social media, it looks like a lot of them are taking the time to sort of incubate and really flush out their ideas. And I, I don't know, the, mu- the music that's been coming out has been pretty phenomenal. I mean, you can't really stop creativity no matter what. So it's really more that, you know, tours are being postponed and maybe there's not as much live music and stuff happening, but there's, I feel like there's still plenty of creativity happening, which is Mm -hmm. only making things better, really. Um, There's so much time for artists to really explore what they're doing and, and I've, I've been loving what's coming out. Seems like a lot of cover songs are happening. A lot of people talking about influences and releasing covers, doing a cover singles releases and such yeah that's been a Um, lot of fun if you want to check out my favorite cover that's come out in quarantine look up rick astley doing everlong that Hmm. i i'm not kidding that one's a really good one no it was really good i liked that sounds like a bot created like (laughs) clickbait you know (laughs) rick Uh, astley did what (laughs) i believe you though I'm sure it's interesting. I mean, Everlong mm-hmm. is one of those kind of timeless songs that I think will live on forever and will be powerful no matter who's doing it. I mean, it's it's interesting. I've seen a lot of artists also. I mean, you see a lot of sadness, depression, people drinking a ton and just kind of <laughs> posting that to their stories and such. So it's like, it's pretty Guilty. uncomfortable to watch. And I mean, um, in a lot of ways. And she kind of, and everything kind of we know about her and this album kind of speaks to all of that she she makes a reference to self-harm on the song you know which i think she's mm-hmm. mentioned in previous songs mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of that during this and um you know honesty's always good that you know kind of transparency is always interesting she's someone who was kicked out of an all-girls catholic school when she was younger and um really kind of puts it all out in her music and not shy about saying she loves pavement i mean she has a song called i wish i was Stephen Malkmus. <laughs> so um, I think she's really interesting in that way. And she has a great line of advice, I think, that I read in an interview, which is don't be a fake bitch uh, in the industry. 
I think the mode in which she has chosen to present her art or just like the mode of her art is interesting too. I think it's very appropriate. Louder called this an authentic grunge album for the 21st century. And you can hear that a lot. I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's like necessarily grunge, but it does have a lot of these influences. I hear mm. like Pavement. I hear Mazzy Star. I hear the Moldy Peaches. But I, I don't feel like we're, we're getting into Greta Van Fleet territory. And I know that I, <laughs> I throw a lot of shade <laughs> at Greta Van Fleet. But they have yet to prove to me that I shouldn't. Um, uh, So what do you think, and I I know that we've kind of tackled this a little bit before, but what do you think it takes to evoke a sound from a particular era without being derivative? Not being a fake bitch, not trying to do an impersonation (laughs) of the most famous rock singer of all time. Boom. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, uh, Biba Doobie is living like that quote, like what she says, like, like you said, you just named a bunch of 90s, like late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, I hear Hole in this. Mm-hmm. I hear Lush, Elastica. This one kind of has some Weezer melodies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely in that third wave grunge revival, depending on which school of grunge, I guess, you're referencing here. I mean, this isn't like Mud, Honey, or Nirvana. But she's, she's touching on all of it, and she's honest about it. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. It takes having some honesty and awareness about it. And how honest is just saying you wish you were Stephen Malkmus? Like, at least come out and say it. Like, if Greta Van Fleet wasn't, like, didn't have a publicist telling them to never mention Led Zeppelin in an interview, right? they might not. We don't know if that's <laughs> happened. We don't know if that's happened. So that's a joke. <laughs> but it's conspicuously missing from any interview. And to not even say it, to say, oh, our only influence is Sam Cooke and Bo Diddley is like, you know, come on. But anyway, this isn't about <laughs> this isn't about that band. This is about uh Biba Doobie. And so she's um yeah, I think transparency, honesty, and and also attempting to kind of transcend that, I think is what mm-hmm. it takes. And she's done all of that. So I think we're kind of unfortunately coming up to the end of our talk here, but I kinda wanted to um jump into another quote that she had. She says, it's a record for girls to cry to and dance to and get angry to. And, you know, I think like a lot of this is something that we haven't seen for a while, like really like kind of emotional music that is also heavy made for women. Like it's mostly that type of music is mostly men for men, like the, you know, middle class suburbia getting angsty. I think it's important for everyone to see themselves in mainstream art. So for you guys, when was the first time you felt truly seen by a song or an album? Well, I'd say, first off, I I agree with the latter part of what you're saying, but I do think there's been some artists kind of addressing this. I mean, Soccer Mommy is someone who I thought of immediately, who has been, I feel like, does make that kind of music, songs to get angry to, dance to, and be sad to. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's definitely been some activity in that regard. But in regard to your question about what was the first thing, um, uh, Aaron Carter, oh, Aaron, without a doubt. (laughs) (laughs) The sophomore album of Aaron Carter. I mean, it's got it all. You know, liking a girl online, being really into burgers and fries, (laughs) fucking up constantly. It's all all there. It's a real angsty album. Oh my god. I can't beat I can't beat that. 
Yeah. All of our answers are going to just pale in comparison. Come on, Pedro. Come on, Joe. Don't be fake. You have Don't one. be a fake it's, bitch. It's, it's, an embarrassing, it's an embarrassing one. If I try to say anything right now, it'll just solidify the fact that I'm being a fake bitch. What about you, Anthony? So if I was trying to be cool, and, and I'm going to say cool with heavy air quotes because that changes over time, I would have said uh, Blink-182's Enema of the State. But let's go a little bit further back. I think the first time I felt like an album got me was Smash Mouth's 2003 record, Get the Picture. That one was way after their their heyday. And like the opening track is this thing called Hang On. And it's like, things are getting weird. Things are getting tough. Nothing's making sense, but you keep on looking up. And I'm like, yeah, like that was about the time I also got kicked out of a uh, a Catholic school in seventh grade. So like, um, I, I get Biba Doobie there. And like at that time, I was listening to this album and thinking like, oh, I guess it's not the end of the world. Thanks, uh, Steve Harwell. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like an all-star again. <laughs> wow. In some way, in some ways, that was a really as a great answer. But also, you mentioned an obscure Smash Mouth album, which is feels like also trying to be cool. Or <laughs> <laughs> so did Liquid Eighty Two. Like they I don't were even, my favorite I'm like band. looking at this. I don't even remember this. <laughs> this is wild. That's the man. thing. I had their no entire discography. This. I I thought Smash Mouth was the coolest band for. Like from the time I was, I want to say twelve to like fifteen, which is a big stretch of time. Yeah. And like in that time, I had discovered pop punk and had started listening to Blink One Eighty Two and Some Forty One, uh, New Found Glory, and the like. And like I still was like, yeah, but Smash Mouth. <laughs> they were really cool at that time. Yep, big I mean, Hawaiian undeniable. shirts, mm-hmm. unbuttoned. Yep, Hawaiian and bowling shirts. Oh my God! Yes. Oh, the late nineties were a trip. <laughs> oh yeah. This ha- anything went. It has a it has a Neil Diamond cover on it, which is fantastic. I just love that they always had to have a sixties song of some kind on the album. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. Uh, my dad took me to a Smash Mouth concert in the East Bay um, when I was fourteen, and this concert was so poorly promoted that like they had this giant field and only there was like maybe 50 people there to <laughs> oh, see no. smash mouth <laughs> oh, and they man. you know to their credit they went on anyway and they put on a fantastic show and they didn't seem to care that like nobody came to their concert they're yeah, total they're pretty, pros they they're are pretty pros. fun i remember i met them i was working with we were doing like a we were taking photos for a fair and they were playing one night and we got to meet them before they went on and everything because we had to take mm-hmm. all their photos. Yeah, they were good. Like, I, I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> they were really cool. The only misgiving you had was that Steve took a huge bite out of your cotton candy in exchange for the photo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a funnel cake. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've ended up talking about Smash Mouth more than Biba Doobie. <laughs> it's all um, part but, of the uh, era. <laughs> Any kind of closing thoughts about her before we switch gears into the second half of our show? We love her. Second that. I called her a rising star, but she's pretty much, I mean, she, I feel like she's, she's broken in a pretty big way. <laughs> she so. has risen. Yeah. So as much as I'd like to keep talking about Biba Doobie, we have a special treat for all of our listeners. 
You guys remember the good old days when we could sit down and chat with artists about their music? Well, we're about to bring a little of that magic back. We're joined on the mic for the second half of today's show by another brilliant young artist from the UK. She's received support from BBC Six Music, and her songs have been featured on Spotify editorial playlists and on the Netflix show Queer Eye, We're in Japan. I had the pleasure of writing about her previous single, All Right, for Atwood Magazine, and she's continuing her winning streak with the dance-worthy end-of-summer jam, Head First. Tunes and Tumblers fam, give it up for Megan Lara May. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for joining us on the mic today. Um, Actually, I think it's night for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's coming up 8 p.m. It's good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how are you doing on your side of the world? Um, yeah, doing all right. Um, it's probably a lot colder than where it is you, uh, where you guys are. It's, um, we're having an interesting time as a country, um, probably same as you. But, <laughs> oh yeah. You know. Nope. It's all smooth here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Doing all right. Thanks. Yeah. It's good. Oh, well, awesome. Can you tell us a little about Head First? How did this song come together for you? It came about in a session with a couple of friends. Uh, I was basically, um, I have a, I have a few interesting relationships with people where um, they'll try and tell me uh, that I, I should basically. I don't know if you've heard recently what's in the news with, um, with the UK and Rishi, and um, he's saying you know people should retrain and um, reskill. It's basically that, but I experienced it two years ago. Um, so it was my own experience of someone saying um, he should try something else in the industry or try something else in um, as a career, and I was like. No, but I I know this is what I want to do, and I know that I'm going to have loads of setbacks. Um, but I'm just going to see them as stepping stones, and um, and that's where this song came. It came out of that. I th- I think you talked a little bit about that uh, with All Right too. So I, yeah. I there's kind of a pattern, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I'm still um, figuring out and experiencing um, with some relationships. Um, so yeah, it comes through in quite a few songs. I love that you mentioned that story was that the ad was there like an ad with a dancer yes yeah and it was like she could be she could be coding next or something like that (laughs) oh my goodness it's so oh my goodness totally tone deaf yep wasn't that like a thing version i i kind of find myself coming back to um a particular lyric in head first which is Mm -hmm. are you happy is all Mm. i ever hear you say um yeah so yeah do you find it hard to push away everyone else's expectations and just do what you want to do yeah I think um I think the hardest thing is that when those people that do have expectations are the people that love me and so it's like oh I know that you're uh, you're you've got these expectations because you love me and you want to see the best for me and it's it's kind of like what I said in all right as well it's like I I have found that I have found what I find contentment in and I have found Mm. what makes me happy that's probably one of my biggest struggles today which doesn't sound like massive but yeah it's hard to deal with I think you know I I don't want to let some people down that um are really close uh close to me but I do I I am happy I'm very happy Mm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's success in itself I think Mm. like that's a pretty big success in itself just finding something that actually brings you joy yeah that you enjoy doing so congratulations on that thank you yeah yeah for us, it's this show. <laughs> it's good. We, we live for it. 
Oh. Yep. It's the it's one so thing good. that keeps us centered week after week. Oh, it's so and good. thank you, Mitch, for giving us a blank slate to do whatever the heck we want on this show. And you there's our, re- our you won't regret it, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually have a few more minutes before we have to say goodbye, but I want to turn things over to the guys because I feel like I've been hogging the mic here. What is, what was your guys' impression of this song? Like, what what do you have to say about it? I listened to the original first and was really blown away by the uh, piano arrangement of this one. Um, mm-hmm. It sounded so good. Have you performed this one live before or done it on a channel yet? As I say, I kind of wrote it two years ago. Um, so I've been I've been sitting right. on it for a while, um, but uh, singing it as a as a full band arrangement, as the full production, um, probably for the last year, and then obviously COVID hit. So, <laughs> but I have <laughs> I have sung it a few times, um, and it's definitely one that um, that everyone just seems to really love, which is really encouraging. I don't know. It was really relatable for me, and it just it it spoke to a lot of experiences that I've been like familiar with, like you were saying you know, people close to you just wanting you to be happy and all that stuff. And I'm here in LA, um, along with this podcast, I also pursue acting. So that's one of those creative endeavors where people are constantly Mm -hmm. asking you like, you know, how's it going? Um, what have you been in? What can I see? Stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, you, you have things to tell them, but at the same time, they're always like, oh, and you enjoy that? Like, (laughs) and that's fun for you. Like, so I I don't know. It was just really relatable to me and I, I loved it. It just, it, um, it definitely hit home. It's good. Thank you. I'm glad it can be a source of encouragement for you too. It's good. No, thank you very much. Do you think that that's kind of like a theme with your music, that sort of encouragement for, for maybe people who are kind of questioning their uh, their path in life? Yeah, definitely. I think because I've experienced it myself, I one of the things that I feel very passionate about is for other people not to be, I guess, torn down I want them to be uplifted and encouraged to do what they're what they're meant to do if, they, if they've got a gift to to sing or to act like they should really go for it um so I want to just bring that and music has such a power um that when you listen to it you're like yes I feel built up by this um and I just want to I want to bring that in in all my songs um whether that be <laughs> about a relationship or about the music industry or something like that I just want to bring a positive positive vibe to people so obviously, uh, COVID has kind of put a damper on everything. We were talking um, briefly before how um, Biba Doobie was all set to tour with um, the 1975 and then everything came crashing down. But with that said, like everyone has kind of um, found a, a new way to uh, get their art out. Um, do you have any plans for the future? Like if this uh, virus doesn't go away of um continuing what you do that's a very good question um i think i even during this these last few months i've i've made plans and then been like oh no we're still in covid um so i think my my plans are ever evolving um but i have i have really enjoyed like live streaming um so I wonder how that grows in the next few in the next few months. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm at the moment. I'm just writing and um, recording and producing, ready for the next two years, really, um, which is quite exciting that I'm, I'm doing that right now. But um, yeah, hopefully you'll hear some of that soon. What What do you have planned for your releases? 
so I'm going to take a bit of a break over Christmas um, and release a brand new song in the new year. Um, and it's called Unseen Unclean. So it's all about um, it's if you've had an addiction or something, just like breaking free from that and realizing that you can have life um, away from that. And so hopefully people can feel inspired by that, too. What I'm trying to do is win this contest you have. Uh, that you posted about <laughs> trying to win that headfirst inspired long sleeve tee. Yes. This so for those who don't know, uh, Megan has a contest to create the sassiest, poppiest playlist to win. <laughs> you just have to add headfirst to it and put a bunch of sassy pop into it, and the best one wins. So number one, I'm trying to win that. So if you could just maybe <laughs> keep a lookout, keep a lookout yeah. for mine for my oh, playlist. Let me, I wanted to ask you if you could hear your song in a. DJ set or mix cloud or a radio show, what mm. would you have paired next to your song? What would you love Ooh. to be after before your song? Oh, okay. Um, Might be a hard I'm one. a I'm a big Sigrid fan, and like Lord, like those kind of artists. If or oh, if someone put me in a radio show with those people, I I think my day would be made. My my year would be made. Um, it would be great. Yeah. I think they're brilliant artists. I've seen them both live as well. And just the way that they bring energy to a stage, I just, I feel so great. Um, so yeah, whether that be a radio show or a festival or something. And Maggie Rogers, oh, I can't leave Maggie Rogers out of that. Um, they're all brilliant artists and definitely inspirations of mine. It's good. That sounds like it's very possible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like Thank you've already you. been played. I mean, you've gotten play on BBC. And you, you've played Glastonbury before, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I played um, last year and two years ago. It was really, really good. It was very hot. Yeah, and that Maggie Rogers reference for Tunes and Tumblr's Day Ones, very first episode of us trying mm -hmm. to do this. Yep. So we are, we are huge fans of her work. Oh, she's good. She's very good. Mm -hmm. I, I want to turn things over to Pedro right now. I hear that you don't drink, but that is totally okay. Mixology... <laughs> is more about the art of flavor than it is about alcohol, really. And I think mm -hmm. Pedro has made a delicious mocktail pairing for Head First. Would you nice. like to hear it? I am excited for this. Yeah, go I, ahead. I would definitely like to think it's delicious. So, Megan, um, this track is lovely, obviously. It's so light. And, oh. I mean, the it's these themes are very... These themes can be heavy that you're talking about, but the track itself is sort of uplifting to me. I really like oh, it. And so I wanted to make I wanted to make a drink that you could <clears throat> dive into. Um <laughs> so I was trying to come up with something with a mocktail um and I started looking into sort of uh, alcohol alternatives and there's an entire line of non-alcoholic spirits called Ritual and they have a gin. Um so basically what it is is it's got all the botanical components to it. There's just no alcohol to it. So you get the you get the flavors without uh, getting the buzz, which is, I mean, what more could you want when you're not drinking? So what we have is Ritual Gin with muddled lime and cucumber, just keeping it refreshing, kind of tangy. Um, and then Elderflower Simple Syrup to give oh, it a nice yes. sweet edge to it. And then just filling that up with club soda and ice so it's easy to drink. It's it's got a little bit it's got a little bit of everything. It's got the it's got the sweet, it's got the sour, mm. and just super refreshing. And we are calling it I mean, there's what else could I call it? It's a Megan Laura May. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs>
if you've been was... immortalized in drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Well... I really love it. <laughs> oh, great. I'm glad. <laughs> I wish that we could actually offer you one like the good old days, but unfortunately, this virus has made our jobs mm. very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm now I have to drink. Now I have to yeah. drink all these things on my own. <laughs> oh, you poor, poor soul, Pedro. Dang it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Megan. Um, this has been uh, a lot of fun. I really wish that we had the old format of the show where we could just like sit down and chat with you for like a good 45 minutes because that's like that was really where we sh- we shone um shined shown i don't know <laughs> i i really love the song um i'm actually very excited for everyone to hear the stripped down version we've been sitting with that one for a bit and i i think it's incredible it is so good <laughs> thank you thank you so much oh i have one more question if we have time do we have time we do papa anthony go for okay. it so if I don't win this T-shirt, which I'm totally fine with, <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go to, you know to Buffalo Exchange. I'm gonna have to go to Wasteland. I'm gonna have to go to the thrift stores in the areas and find uh, a new long sleeve shirt for the fall season. <laughs> so I saw in your Twitter bio that you are a big thrift fan. You said oh, you're, yeah. big, you're really into thrift stores. Could you tell us? your favorite thrift find what you consider one of your best thrift finds of all oh, time okay so i was so we call them charity shops here um but they yeah i found this dress in this charity shop uh, like five minutes from my house and it was just sequins um and it was so it was so shiny so like glimmery if that's even a word um and it was it was like rainbow sequins and i was like i have to have that this is only eight pounds which is probably like ten dollars or something and i was like i have to have that and i have to wear that in a music video at some point hasn't happened yet but it will happen oh so good can't wait to see it (laughs) thank you charity shops i did not know that i guess Mm -hmm. that's technically what they are i think that's a better it's really a better term for it Mm. we should have done so many so many better so many better phrases and words (laughs) than, than america i have to say I did go. I did have some good thrift store shopping, if that's a phrase, um, in Ventura earlier this year, which was really great. So, oh, Ventura! Oh yeah. my gosh, uh, eight oh five. You know what? Yeah. They—that's true. They do have some of the best thrifting. I feel mm. like in SoCal, somehow. I'm not sure why. It was very good. I enjoyed it. You guys need to start a spinoff podcast where you just talk about the best <laughs> thrift store and charity shop finds. <laughs> I would listen to that. Yeah, I would too. you would just you would record it and then you would just sit listening to your voice (laughs) do you not do you not do that (laughs) i'm so wonderful i'll thank myself uh after every podcast at the end special thanks to myself (laughs) so i think it's time we switched gears once again um we have a little treat for all of you tunes and tumblers lovelies out there um, Megan sent us a stripped down version of Head First for your listening pleasure. So we're going to jump right into that. You guys ready? So yes. ready. Thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so, so, so much. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And without further ado, 
Here's that exclusive performance of Head First by Megan Lara May. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. Megan. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Great ambition, the lights are seeming out of free child. Keep pushing, don't stop pushing. So appealing to quit and throw it all away. Leave my troubles back to normal. You mistook me for somebody else Just a fraction of myself But that's not the case for me I'll, I'll dive in into the water The water I'll, I'll dive in into the water The water At first, are you happy? Is all I ever hear you say mm, This feels right Keep chasing those lies I'm a dreamer My head is firmly in the clouds I'm believing You'll see the reason You mistook me for somebody else Just a fraction of myself But that's not the case for me I'll, I'll dive in into the water, the Thank you. 